welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning, church. If I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC And we are so excited that you're worshiping here with us this morning. We're kicking off this brand new series called Tis the Season. And we're going to take the next few weeks and just look at this season that we're in right now. And many times when we think about Christmas, we think about the decorations, um, maybe eating too much food, being around family and friends and everything else, giving gifts to one another. And we also, this season, we want to look at um, what it means to us in our life. And as far as this is the season of joy This is a season of sharing, and this is a season of peace and of love. And over the next few weeks, we want to look at, since we understand those things, what this season is really about, what will that, what kind of impact will that have on those around us? And so I'm going to ask you, um, as we kick off this season, to start by helping me do something. In front of you, there's a little card, and it says sermon notes. I think it's orange up top. If you could grab that, um, if you're taking notes on a smartphone, you can do that, um, pull that out. And this is what I want you to do as we look at this season that we're in and um, Christmas time as we're celebrating that. Every single week, we're going to allow God to challenge our hearts about bringing something into the life of people around us. Now, many times um, during the holiday season, we are you're out shopping and someone's out there ringing a bell. And so you reach into your pocket, you take some extra change and you drop that in. And we should do that. We should be generous or You buy an unwrapped gift um, at Walmart or at Target and you drop that in the box, um, you know, for Toys for Tots or something like that or at your kid's school. And we should do that. We should be generous. But this holiday season, as we've been praying and as we've been looking at Christmas, I believe God wants to challenge us not to influence some anonymous person out there that, you know, we really don't see the impact of our gift, but to look who is close around us. Who is it that God has placed in your life? that you can bring the joy of this season and you can bring the meaning of this season too. So first I'm going to ask you to take that sheet of paper out um, that you have right there, to take a pen and to write down the name of someone that you know that has a financial need in their life. Okay, so you're going to take that, just think for a moment, it could be a coworker, a family member. For some of you, you may be tempted to write your own name, and I totally understand that. But for, these, for this purpose, you know, for the practical purpose here, I want you to think about someone else that you know, someone else that God has placed in your life um, that you know, hey, they're struggling this, this holiday season, they're struggling this Christmas season, and they need, man, they, they need a financial miracle inside of their life. And I want you to just take a moment, just write down their name, think about them, and then I want you, after you've done that, to take that same sheet of paper and to write down the name of someone that you know that is alone this holiday season. Now, they may be alone because they've just moved here and they don't know a lot of people. Their family or their friends are in another place, and so they're really alone. Or it may be someone who's just emotionally alone. Maybe they've lost someone this year, and so Christmas is going to be really difficult for them. Maybe, man, they've experienced that loss and they're grieving at this point, and so they just feel alone. It's more of an emotional thing. And I want you to write down their name. So just think about that for a moment. Who's someone that you know that fits into that kind of that story right there and write down their name. And this is what we are going to do. We as a church, we're going to take the next few weeks leading up to Christmas and 
in this Christmas season, this holiday season. And we are going to pray that God would show us ways that we can bring, once again, his joy, his peace, his love. This idea of sharing and generosity. How can we bring that into the life of someone else? As I mentioned so many times, we give gifts and, and they're kind of anonymous. We don't really know who they impact. And, and man, that's something that we should do. But there's something meaningful as we look into the eyes of a family member, of a friend, of someone that's close to us, someone that we have begun a relationship with, and we start to ask them, hey, are you experiencing joy this year? What's going on? What, what's it like for you this holiday season? To show up with a bag of groceries or some gifts to a family that's in need that otherwise may not experience Christmas this year, and you choose to be the message of hope. You choose to be this answer that they've been praying for as you show up and share the love of Christ. And so you've written down some names, and every week I'm going to challenge you with what you're doing with that, how God is opening the door for you to be able to share his love and his peace and his joy this holiday season. Now, if you're sitting there and you're saying, Aaron, I'm racking my brain, like I'm trying hard, and I can't come up with the name of someone that I know that's maybe going through a difficult time, of someone that's alone, of someone that's hurting this holiday season, of someone in a financial need, we want to help you out. And we still want it to be that personal connection, but we've mentioned this from time to time. We have a number of homeless students and homeless families that we work with through the ISD. And so if you need a way to get started, if you really can't think of anyone that God has placed in your life, please stop by, email us this week, or stop by the information center, and we want to try to make that connection for you. But, man, we would love for you to look around in your life and say, God, who have you already placed there? Who do I have influence with that I can begin to reach out and to bring your hope in the true meaning of this season? And so this morning, we want to start by just practically looking at what this looks like with this idea of joy being in our life. That this is the season of joy, that that's what God has done. And so we're going to look at this. Now, when I started to think about this idea of joy, I thought, who and who's some of the most joyous people that I know? Like, who is it that when you always think of them, you think of, you know, laughter or giggling or those type of things. And I thought of small kids, okay? If you guys are around kids at all, if you're grandparents or an aunt or an uncle, and, and you have kids in your life, you may see that. You may see that a lot in their life, that kids, it's easy for them to laugh. It's easy for them to giggle and, and to smile and have fun together. And there was this group, as I was reading about this idea of joy, they said, hey, joy is actually present. Laughter is more present in the life of kids. As adults, sometimes we lose that. And so they were watching a group of kids playing, and they said, kids on average, they will laugh seven times in an hour. So if they're playing together for an hour, on average, kids will laugh seven times. As adults, we typically, when we're together, we only laugh once an hour. You guys, that's pretty sad, in case you don't realize that, okay? And it's literally sad, because you're not laughing, okay? Um, so... We're just not, man, we don't have that same outlook on life that kids have. Now, maybe it's because we have jobs and we feel that extra pressure and bills and stress and all of those things. But, but there's something when you look at kids, not only kids when they're pl playing together, but also when you look at a little child. Like when you, e even when you see a small baby or a small kid, there's something when you see them laughing or interacting or even the way they look at the world when they're taking their first steps. There's something, it's hard as an adult, it doesn't matter who you are or no matter how grumpy you are. It's hard not to smile. It's hard not to laugh with them. It's hard not to enjoy that moment of seeing what they're doing as they're experiencing life for the first time. And they don't have those worries and have those stresses inside of their life. It's easy for kids to have that joy in their life. And we as adults, we should be careful that we don't lose that. 
Because being happy, it actually has benefits in your life. I don't know if you know this not or not, but it actually helps you. And so if you would do this, just take your hand, place it on your stomach, and give me a couple of good ha-has. Okay. And, and that was forced. I know that, okay? But some of you guys started laughing. You kept on laughing even after you did that, okay? So you gave a few chuckles after that. And, and it's good for us to laugh. We should look for opportunities to have that joy in our life and to laugh. It actually physically does something in your body. Okay, so your body releases endorphins and it actually boosts your immune system. So if you're afraid of getting sick this holiday season, a flu or the cold, just laugh a little bit more, okay? Scientifically, it's going to help you. And so we should want to have joy in our life. We should, man, it should be a caution to us, a red flag, if we've lost joy because God has called us to be people of joy. There should be a reason, even what we're going to look at today, this season, what we're celebrating, it was all the first kind of discussion, the first proclamation of this was that it would be a joyful time, that what's happening and what we're celebrating would bring joy to everyone who hears this story, who hears this good news of what God has done in sending his son. And so I want us to look at this. How do we bring joy in our life? How do we keep joy? Where do we find joy when we've lost it? And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There should be a Bible in the seat in front of you. And you can take out that Bible. It should be on page 556 in that Bible there. And we're going to read the story that Luke is writing about the life of Jesus. And right at the very, very beginning, as Jesus is born. And in case you're not familiar or it's been a while since you've heard the Christmas story, I want to quickly catch you up on what's taking place at the point where Luke is writing at, the point where we're going to enter the story today. There's been this angel that has appeared to this young teenage girl whose name is Mary. And he said, Mary, I know you're a virgin. I know you've never been married. There's no reason you should be pregnant. But God has performed a miracle and he has placed his son. God has wrapped himself up in flesh and he's placed himself inside of you and you are going to carry the son of God. Mary, we've looked over all the earth and you've been chosen as the mother of the savior of the world. And she's blown away and she rejoices and she says, God, let it be exactly what you're saying. God, let what you're saying happen in my life. Lord, my life is open and available to however you want to use me. An angel also appears to Joseph, this man that was engaged to be married, uh, married to Mary. And whenever he finds out she's pregnant, he's thinking, man, something's gone bad here. You know, something's happened. And so he's going to divorce. He's going to break off that engagement. And an angel appears and says, Joseph, no, this is actually the work of God's Holy Spirit. There's something miraculous happening here. And so don't, don't divorce Mary. Don't reject her. Don't break off the engagement. But actually take her as your wife because this is the Son of God that is going to be born. And so they are under Roman decree. They have to leave where they're at and they travel to Bethlehem. They travel um, to this place. Now Bethlehem is this tiny village. If you've ever seen pictures of it, it's this small place. It's not a metropolitan area and so as everyone's traveling in, as everyone's required to go back to their hometown, Bethlehem is overflowing. And so Joseph and Mary don't have a place to stay. There's no more hotels or motels. And so they actually have to stay in this small cave on the side of the hill. Now in pictures, you see this beautiful barn, right, that's erected, um, that's erected this beautiful craftsmanship. But it wasn't like that. It was just this hole in the side of the hill. And there's animals in there, there's cows, there's sheep, there's donkeys, and that's where the Son of God is born. 
And while Luke is writing this, while this is taking place on that very same night that God brings his son into the world, something else takes place. And I want us to look at this story in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. This is what Luke writes. On the same night in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. If you haven't already underlined that in your Bible, that's an important statement. This is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So what's happening? The shepherds are out there. They're going about their business. This is their job. And all of a sudden, these angels show up and they're singing. As you continue to read this story, they're singing and they're declaring, hey, this is a joyous night. This is a night to celebrate. This is a night to rejoice. And this is a night of gladness because God has brought his son into the world. And this simple truth, Christ coming, the savior of the world coming, it's going to change everything. This is going to be good news to everyone who hears this story. Now, sometimes whenever we hear this story, we see it or we read about it, we kind of distance ourselves from it, don't we? Like we imagine this beautiful night and the stars are out there shining. The sheep are quietly there. They're all fluffy, right, on a grass field and they're laying there quietly and and the shepherds are kind of just up there gazing but you guys is that how you is that what you do at your job nope it's not okay and that's what this is this is their job this is what they did all of the time okay this is just another day in their life um, where this is taking place and so it's probably stressful they're not out there just having fun they're out there protecting the sheep that are around them there are wild animals that are trying to to get the sheep, and that was part of their job. It was stressful because they always had to be on watch to make sure nothing attacked those sheep. It probably wasn't their sheep. Most of the shepherds during this time, they were hired hands, okay? So it's not like they're rich, like this is their livestock or any of that. They were taking care of the sheep for another wealthy person. And so these shepherds, most likely from what we know about this time, they're financially struggling. It's financial hardship for them. They don't have a lot of money, and they're simply working a job to try to make ends meet. They're not gaining their own wealth or any of those type of things. So this is a stressful situation for them. This is a hard time to live under the Roman Empire and to live under the oppression that they were living in. And the angels show up in that moment, and they say, hey, there's joy. Even in the midst of this difficult situation, joy has entered into your life. And the angels tell them, this is what you're going to do. It's joy because God has sent his son. And so if you will go into the city of Bethlehem, you're going to experience this joy. You're going to see it firsthand. You're going to have a chance to interact with it. And so they tell them, this is where you're going to find that at. Do you know where to find joy? The angels tell the shepherds on that Christmas morning, here's where you can find joy. Now think back with me. I said, kids, you know, always as a child, it's, it's easier to be more joyful and to have laughter in your life. So I want to take us back a little bit. And I want you to remember whenever you were about seven or eight years old, okay? So just think back with me. I know for some of you it's a longer journey, but just do this with me, okay? Seven or eight years old, the house that you lived in, your bedroom, what that looked like, the bed that you slept in, all of those things. Take a moment. Just think back to that moment. And it's Christmas morning, right? It's Christmas morning, and your eyes 
pop open. You wake up for the first moment on Christmas morning and you can feel your heart beating. There is excitement in the air, right? You know what this is. Santa has brought the gifts and you are so excited. You're pumped up. You throw off the covers. It's a little cold. It's not snowing outside because we're in Texas, okay? But it's a little cold or whatever, and you jump out of bed. Maybe you rush over to your brother or your sister if you shared a room with them or maybe barge into their room. You wake up, and you immediately run where? You run to the Christmas tree, right? Because you know that's where the presents are. And so you run over there like you wake up Christmas morning. You run over there. You pick up a gift with your name on it. What do you do? You shake it, right? Because you want to know, can I guess what's in there? You are so excited. You know exactly where to go on Christmas morning because you know where all the presents have been left. You know exactly where to head to. You run into your parents' room. You try to wake them up. They're a little groggy because it's still 5 a.m. in the morning and they don't know why you're awake, okay? But you get them up and you try to pull them out of bed because you want, you want them to go to the Christmas tree. You want to see all of the gifts there and you want to experience that excitement of opening up those presents. You know as a kid where to go on Christmas morning. You know where to find those gifts. Now, it would be odd on Christmas morning if you were watching a kid and they went to the trash can and looked for gifts, right? It'd be a little weird. Or if they went in the bathroom, if they were running all over the house, it would be a little bit odd because it's common sense to us where to find joy on Christmas morning. As a kid, you run to the tree. That's where all the presents are. And as adults, sometimes we've forgotten where our true source of joy is. Like we see all of the Christmas cards. We see the nativity scene in front of people's house. We see it. Maybe we've even decorated our house like that. But for sometimes we forget where joy should truly be found. We're like that kid that's looking in all the wrong places on Christmas morning and coming up disappointed because we're not looking in the right places for joy. So church, let me ask you this morning, do you know where your joy is found? Are you so busy with the routine of life? Are you even so busy with the celebrations of the holiday season that you've forgotten where joy can actually be found at this time of year and in every moment of our life? See, the, shepherd, or the angels are very clear when they're talking to the shepherds. This is where joy is found. It's found in God's Son that He has given to the world. See, God wanted to be close to his creation. He wanted to be in relationship with his creation. And that simple truth there, this is good news to everyone that's going to hear it. Joy is going to be found as the shepherds go there. But sometimes as adults, we forget that and we start looking in our bank account. And we truly believe, hey, joy is going to be found there. That's what's going to make me happy. That's what is going to make me feel satisfied. We look in it at success at our workplace, and we think, well, that's where joy will be found. We look in what we've accumulated or how much stuff we've bought or we're staying ahead of our neighbors if we have nicer things in them, and we truly believe sometimes that's where joy will be found at. We're looking at everything external when really it has something to do with our heart. Are we close to the presence of God? That's the message the angels bring to these shepherds. If you'll simply go, if you'll go to Bethlehem, if you'll be there, you're going to experience the power and the joy of God being present in your life. For the first time in almost all of creation, God is going to come close and he's going to wrap himself up in flesh and he is going to live among his creation and bring salvation to the world. This is where you will find joy. Church, do you know where to find joy? This holiday season, are you looking in the right places? The psalmist said in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, he's writing this song, and this is what he says to God. God, 
You have made known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, so many times we're saying, God, man, our life doesn't seem fulfilling. God, our life doesn't seem satisfying. God, it seems like we're walking around frustrated or sad, God, or it's like we're missing something. And the psalmist said, hey, if you're looking for joy, the fullness of joy, it's found in God's presence. That's where it's found at. Are you drawing close to the creator who made you? Are you drawing close to the God who came, who gave himself, who gave his life, who came to live here on this earth just to be close to you, just to be around you? Are you devoting your time and your energy towards him? Do you truly know where joy is found or are you looking in all the wrong places? Because that's what that's the news that the shepherds found out on that night from the angels. Hey, this is good news of great joy to everyone that hears this. It's that God's presence is available, that he has come to draw close to his creation. Church, if we're looking for joy, it's found in Christ. It's found in his presence. So are you looking in the right places for joy to be present in your life? It goes on as we continue to read in Luke. This is what happens when the angels went away after they had declared this glorious news. They went back to heaven and the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. What did they have to do? They knew where joy could be found. They just got this amazing message that God had sent his son, that God had come. He was present here on the earth, but it required something of them. They had to take action. See, the shepherds could have stood out there in the field with the sheep and just said, man, that was pretty crazy, wasn't it? Like these angels came, they sang to us, they told us this wild story about God being born. Well, I guess we better get back to the sheep. And they could have done that. But they weren't truly going to experience joy until they took action. Until they actually took the steps of fulfilling what the angels had said about going and experiencing Jesus. And I want you to think about that. That's how it is in our life. We can know all of the right things. We can have the head knowledge. We can sing the Christmas songs and we can do all of those things. We can know where joy is found. But it really doesn't change anything. It doesn't make an impact until you go and you begin to experience the presence of God for yourself. Until you in your life make a decision in moments throughout your day and moments throughout your week. God, I am going to draw close to you. God, it may seem stressful. The shepherds still had all of those stresses. They were still in that same situation. There was financial hardship. There were all of those things, a difficult job, a stressful job, but they chose in that moment, God, we're going to pursue your presence, God. We're going to choose to draw close to you, God, and to be near to you. Now, I can remember growing up, and, and there were Christmas gifts that I got, and every year there seemed to be one special gift that I wanted to get. I don't know about you, but... I can remember that. And, and picking up that gift, it was the right size, it was the right box, and, and, and shaking it and hearing, man, that sounds like what I asked for. Okay, do you guys still do that, anyone? Okay, maybe a few of you. Okay, and, and you want to know, man, is this what I asked for? And there's that anticipation. But once again, it would be totally odd to do that, just to hold that box, okay, and never open it, right? 
It wouldn't really fulfill what that gift was meant to do. If it's a remote control car or whatever it is, that's not what it was meant to do. It wasn't just meant to be a nicely wrapped gift. It was a gift from someone so that you would open it and that you would use it. And that's the same way it is with joy in our life. We can't just know where it's found. We can't just have this idea, this is what the Christmas story is about. You actually have to unwrap joy in your own life, okay? You have to open it up. Let me just tear open this box here. And pull out the Des Bryant jersey right here, okay? Any Cowboys fans in the room? Okay. So this may be on your Christmas wish list. And maybe what you want, okay? But you have to do that. You can't just leave whatever it is, the gift in the box. It doesn't work like that. And in the same way, in our life, in our spiritual life, it doesn't work just to have the knowledge. I mean, you can look around this holiday season. Every radio station plays songs about Jesus coming. They play Christmas carols. The world knows, if you will, kind of in a head knowledge of what it means of where joy can be found. But so many people aren't taking any action. They're not unwrapping joy in their life. They're still leaving it in the box. They're leaving it on that Christmas card. They're leaving it in that Christmas carol. They're, it's the head knowledge that, yeah, God has brought joy because he's come into this world. But they're not doing anything about it. See, church, and we have to respond like the shepherds did. God, I want to come close to your presence. God, if being near to you, if you being present in my life, God, if you coming close to me changes things and it brings joy in my life, God, then I'm going to take the necessary steps. God, I'm going to take that necessary action to unwrap joy inside of my life. And church, my question is, are you doing that? Are you leaving that gift nicely wrapped under the tree and never truly experiencing what it means to draw close to God? To have his presence in your life affecting you, making a difference and changing your world, changing your life, making that impact that God meant for it to happen. And so how does that happen? How do you unwrap joy in your life? When you've lost that and you know that it's found in Christ, how do you practically do that? It happens by what we talk about every week in this room. You wake up on a Monday or Tuesday morning and you decide, God, I'm going to spend some moments talking to you before I start my day. It's when you're driving in your car to work, and instead of um, road raging and flipping off the guy next to you or whatever that is, that you start to praise God. Instead of whispering anger things under your breath, you start to say, God, I'm going to remember your goodness in my life. God, I'm going to remember who you are. Lord, I'm going to rehearse this morning your faithfulness, God, and your blessings, Lord, and your hand upon my life. And so in this car, God, I'm going to fill this area with your presence. See, it's opening up God's word and saying, if God, if this is true, what the Bible says, that joy is found in your presence, then I want to get to know you more. God, I don't want just this head knowledge where it stays nicely wrapped up over in the corner. No, God, I want to open up your word and I want to find out about you. And I want to discover who you are and what you want for my life. See, joy takes action. You have to unwrap joy in your life. It's not just going to happen through you knowing where it's at. You have to do something about that. See, it's those practical steps. So many times it's something that we do externally that makes that internal difference inside of us. So you're sad, or you know someone that's sad, you know someone that's grieving, don't let them be alone. Be present with them. 
Invite them out to coffee. Invite them to a lunch. Find out about their story. Get involved in their life. See, sometimes it requires action to make sure that joy is present in our life or in another person's life. We have to do something. We can't just assume that it'll be there. No, it goes from moving it from a knowledge in our mind to actually taking steps. So church, are you doing that? Are you unwrapping joy this Christmas season? In your own life, in the life of people that God has placed around you, are you doing that? And are you bringing the joy and the hope of Christ into people that need it around you? The last thing that we see in this verse is right here in Luke chapter 2, verse 15. It says, and when the shepherds saw it, they had been to the manger. They had been there. They had seen Mary and Joseph and the baby. They had discovered it for themselves. They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So what do they do? They experience this. They go. They take action. They unwrap joy in their own life. They go and they experience it. And then what do they immediately do? They begin to go throughout the city of Bethlehem. Do you know what's taking place? Do you know what's going on? They're going up to people. Hey, let me tell you what happened. We were out in the field and we were watching our sheep. And all of a sudden these angels appeared to us. And they told us that God has sent his son, and now we've seen it in our own life. See, what do they do with joy when they've experienced it? They give it away. Joy is one of those gifts that you have to re-gift, okay? Now, you've all gotten those gifts that you're never going to use. It's that screwdriver set or that um, funny gadget from the infomercial, right? And so you just wait one year, you package it up, you give it in the office gift exchange, right? And you hope someone else can use it. So we understand the concept of re-gifting something. And that's how joy is. It was never meant for you to just hold on to for yourself. That's not what we see the shepherds here doing. What do they do? No, as soon as they experience it, immediately they go out and they start to give it away. This is good news. This is great joy. Everyone needs to come and see God has sent his son. Salvation has come here to this earth. See, we're meant to give joy away. That's the way that it works. It's contagious. I love doing this. A few months ago, I was sitting here in the office. And um, Adam Shelton, if you guys know him, he's one of our um, volunteer staff pastors here. And Jason, they always come in usually once a week. And just for about 10 minutes, they'll tell jokes. Okay? And so Adam told me this joke. I thought it was funny. Let's see if you guys get it. Okay? He asked me, Aaron, do you know why you never see an elephant hiding in a tree? I said, nope. And he said, it's because they're so good at it. Okay, now a few of you got that. Now, I had people last service that came up and they said, Aaron, we didn't get the joke. So let me explain this, okay? An elephant is a large animal. You wouldn't think that he could hide in a tree. But you actually don't see him, okay, because he's so good at hiding, okay? So there's your explanation in case you didn't get that. I love that joke. I was sitting there laughing, man. The more I thought about it, the more clever I thought that joke was. And so I immediately, after I got done with work that day, I went home and um, I told my kids that joke. I was like, you know what? You never see an elephant hiding in the tree. It's because it's so good at it. It took them a minute, but then they started laughing. I told it to Sarah, my wife. She didn't get it, okay? She didn't think it was that funny. And over the next few days, I told that joke over and over again, okay? Most people didn't get it, but some people did. But I felt like every time I told it, I laughed more than anyone else, okay? I just thought it was such a clever joke. And so I wanted to share it. Even if people didn't get it, I still wanted to share it. And that's the way joy should work in our life. It's not something we're holding on to. 
It's not something we're just trying to keep for ourselves. See, joy, you actually have to re-gift it. You have to give it away. If you try to keep it for yourself, it's just going to die. It's going to fade away. But as soon as you start to give it, it's contagious. It begins to grow in your life. I can only imagine that as the shepherds are going around Bethlehem, as they're sharing this story, every time it becomes more and more real, what has just happened? Every time they walked up to someone and they said, wait, we saw angels. Like we really saw these heavenly beings that came out of heaven and they declared to us this good news. We went for ourselves and we saw the baby Jesus. We saw God wrapped up in flesh, the Messiah, the Christ. He's come to bring salvation. Every time they told it, their faith began to grow. Joy began to grow in their hearts. They were spreading the good news. They were seeing other people that were in stressful situations, that were in financial hardships, that were having a difficult time, that felt alone because they were away from their homes. All of a sudden, their countenance changed. And for the shepherds, joy began to grow in their own heart as they shared it with other people. So church, this holiday season, are you trying to keep joy for yourself? Or are you willing to give it away? Are you willing to share this amazing good news that Christ has come? And that even though our life is difficult at times, even though it's hard, that this idea that God has come to give us joy, come to be present in our life, that it changes everything for us. See, there's something, as weird as it sounds, amazing about giving something away. Now, who's the biggest cowboy fan in the room? Okay, right there, Jeremiah, I saw your hand go up first. Right there, can I throw that? Okay, you got that? Okay. (laughs) And we should actually do that. We should find ways to take things that we have and to give them away. To take what God has placed in our life and to share that, not just with physical things. I mean, that's a part of it, but are you sharing the truth of what this season actually means with people at your workplace that are hurting, people that are going through a difficult time? If you truly know the joy of this season, if you've experienced it for yourself, if you've come and seen the difference that Christ makes in your life, when you draw close to his presence, when you get near to him, are you willing to share that with others? See, Christ never meant for this thing to be something you would just hold in for yourself. He never meant salvation to be something that you would experience it and that would be it. He gave you this joy so like the shepherds all of those hundreds and thousands of years ago that you would go and you would begin to share it with other people. See, church, this is the season of joy. This is a season to celebrate and to rejoice. And in order to experience that, we have to know where joy is found. We have to take that action. We have to unwrap joy in our life and actually engage with God's presence. And then we have to find a way to give it away. We have to find a way to share that. And as I look around this room, I know that some of you, you're going through a difficult time. This is a hard season. For some of you, you've experienced loss with someone close to you this year. But my question is, can you enter into God's joy, into his presence of what it means that he has come so that you can know his salvation, his forgiveness And that it could change your heart and change your life. See, we're called to give away joy. And I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I just want to ask if there's anyone in the room. And you're here and you're saying, Aaron, I'm not 
experiencing God's joy. I don't have a relationship with God. As you're talking, I've never really thought about God in that light. But this morning, I'm sitting here and I know I need His forgiveness. I need a fresh start. And if that's you, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you're at and to come forward to the altar. I want to pray for you. I want to pray this morning that you would have a fresh start and experience God's joy. The Word of God says very clearly that we've all sinned, we've all messed up, we've all broken that relationship with God. And that we're desperately in need of His salvation. And so if that's you in the room right now, if you would just come forward. Anyone else this morning, you know God's speaking to your heart. You know you need his joy in your life. Church, I'm going to ask if we could all pray this together this morning. Whether you're saying it for the first time, whether you've prayed this before, repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I come to you. I need your joy in my life. I realize I've sinned. And I need a fresh start. So come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. Let me experience your joy, God. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate with these that have made this decision? And the Word of God says that, that every time... Someone makes that commitment. Someone says, man, God, I need that fresh start in my life. That all of heaven celebrates and rejoices together. And now I, I want, while they're just taking a moment and they're praying with them, I want us to do something. I want all of us to respond in this way. At the beginning of the service, I had you write down a few names on that card. And I want you to take that card in your hand. If it's on your smartphone, just hold your smartphone in your hand. Look at those names. Look at those names that you wrote down. And this is the challenge this week is... That this week you would pray for the opportunity that God would use you to bring joy into the life of someone's name who you wrote down. Into the life of someone that's hurting. Someone that's in need. God wants to use you, but it's going to require action on your part. It's going to require that you do something like the shepherds. You have to actually make the decision to go and to experience that for yourself. So this week we're praying, God... Let us be present into the life of someone that needs to experience your joy, God. Could be over a cup of coffee. Could be inviting them over to your house for dinner. Could be just sitting down in the workplace and hearing their story. However God is leading you, I want to challenge you. Make sure that you're sharing this, that you're giving this gift of joy away to someone that God has placed in your life. And so let's just close by praying together this morning that God would use us. That God would use us this week to share his joy. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for your joy in our life. God, I don't want this story to ever grow old, Lord. I know I've heard this before, God. Each of us, we know the Christmas story, God, but don't ever let it grow old in our life, Lord. God, let us remember the impact of your son coming. Jesus, of you giving yourself, wrapping yourself in flesh, Lord, and the difference that makes in our life. Lord, the joy that that brings to us and Lord, I pray, God, that even in the difficult situations that we're going through, God, let your joy be present in our life this week. And God, let us share that to those that are hurting, Lord, to those that are broken, God, to those that are in need, Lord. We don't want to keep joy for ourselves, Lord. We don't want to keep this good news for ourselves, Lord. Let us be like the shepherds, God, and let us share it with whoever you've placed in our life around us, God. 
We want to make that impact, and I pray this in your name. Amen.